What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I am your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for uh, all you're doing, listening, following, sharing. It's been great. I appreciate it. And uh, today, sitting in with me, I have the uh, Sports Turf Manager, at Vanderbilt University, Mr. Ryan Story. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you inviting me over on this, uh, it seems like, never-ending rainy uh, forecast we have here in Nashville <laughs> and uh, sitting in with me. Yeah, man, I've, I've been looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one. Hopefully everybody else enjoys it as well. Oh, I'm sure they will. I don't get to talk much about uh, sports turf, and, uh, you know, it's one of the things I'm most interested in because I spent most of my time in the golf world, and uh, sports turf is something that I've dabbled in a little bit and since I've been out of the golf business so it's uh, fun to kind of see what you guys do. Yeah, it's 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 a interesting career path. The, the thing I like about it is, you know, golf course, I guess most people say, you know, we've got our signature holes and yep. for sports turf it's just it's a different canvas every day where it's soccer or football or baseball or whatever yep. it is. So it keeps it interesting. That, that's the thing that I found and I talked to you guys is y'all are constantly doing something all the time. It's, I mean, I mean, I know you have different sports and different things, but you also have intramurals and you have, I'm sure you probably do stuff with the facilities oh, yeah. and whatnot. So, and I, I definitely want to get into that, but is that, I mean, is that pretty true for you too as well? You're just constantly got a revolving schedule of things. Yeah. I mean, it, in the sports world, it's become a, a year-round deal for, yeah. you know, the kids aren't playing basketball and football and soccer and, and whatever else. Yeah. It's they, they, stick, they tend to stick with one sport and just do it year-round. So yeah. baseball starts, you know, on a certain date, and then they have camps all summer, and the next thing you know, it's baseball practice again. Yeah. So, but uh, it's just the, the beauty of every day coming in going, all right, well, we got to go do something with the soccer field or a lacrosse field or, or a track event. Or, like, today we're setting up for an indoor track meet. So. Yeah. Something so y'all are just doing it all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting, man. I, I definitely want to get into all that. I, I find it intriguing that, um, you know, I just – it's one of those things with the sports turf guys that I've really wanted to dive into because – as being a golf guy, you know, we're, you know, we're dealing with one thing. I'm, I'm constantly doing things for golf and trying to make things better, but it's, you know, somewhat similar and somewhat different in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm ex excited to talk to you about yeah, it. Let's do it. Well, let's, uh, let's start kind of where, uh, how you got here, uh, your career path. Um, I always try to find out a lot about guys, especially since guys I haven't met and gotten to talk too much. So, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got to uh, Vanderbilt, sort of your career path. where do you, where do you get started? Yeah. So, um, just, Average kid from Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, parents were school teacher, and a dad was an insurance salesman. So, uh, normal childhood growing up, played all sports, and uh, it was probably I was 14, I guess. Um, I always hung around a guy named Bill Marbit. 
and uh, he took care of our little league fields. Did you hear? Did have you listened to the trade show talk? I, I, I did. did. I, I was, he's a great dude. He is. Yeah. So he's he's kind of like uh, he's like my my mentor, I guess you could say. He's the uh, one that he's the reason I'm sitting in this chair and talking to you. Yeah. So uh, at 14, I just I was playing baseball and and uh, helping take care of our high school field, and he invited me and dad over one day to do the Tennessee Junior College baseball tournament yeah. so here we are getting fields ready for that and enjoyed it and kept going down the road and then um it was my junior year of high school he invited us down to the sec baseball tournament to be on the ground screw down there so uh we went down and just kind of fell in love with the whole thing because i played baseball wanted to stay around baseball yeah. so um graduated high school went on to uh, junior college baseball figured out that wasn't going to pay my bills so Luckily, Mr. Marbert pulled through again, and uh, I had something lined up at Mississippi State and headed off to college, not knowing a soul down there, and had a job lined up. So got there, finished up school, worked on the ground screw the whole way through college. Um, I had a girl at the time that I was pretty hot and heavy with, so sure. I had to go to the arch nemesis at Ole Miss and stay <laughs> close. And uh so was the assistant groundskeeper for Ole Miss yeah. on all their athletic fields, and luckily wound up marrying that girl. And there you uh, go. lived in Mississippi, working there for four years, and she'd never lived further than an hour and a half away from home. So we both decided we would move off somewhere, and wound up at a thirty-six hole country club right outside New Orleans. Did that for uh, two, three years, and then uh, lo and behold, had a kid on the way. Yeah. So we were nowhere close to grandparents, and. I grew up with grandparents, sure. so I wanted kids to have grandparents, so found something uh, close to here, thanks to Chris Fondren, who's my old college roommate, Yeah, and um, worked at Dickens Landscape Supply and uh, for a year or two, and this job opened up, so I applied for it, wanted to get back outside and get my hands dirty again, so here I am. So you had a little bit of stint in the golf business? Yes. 36 holes of hydraulic irrigation in South Louisiana was, was not was not a whole lot of fun. So you didn't that didn't pique your interest to kind of stay in the golf world. I, right? I mean, I love golf. Yeah. Um, I'm a terrible golfer, yeah. but the we're in the sports turf world. You know, we we have to treat certain surfaces different, whether it's uh, clay or or grass yeah. or what sports being played. Whereas there, you know, you still have your different surfaces. Your greens, you know, obviously yeah. don't you don't do the same thing to them as you do to your fairways and bunkers. And, sure. And it was fun. Um, we had a we had a decent sized crew, um, superintendent, two assistants, uh, one for each course. But uh, it was just the hours. I knew you know I wanted to start a family someday, sure. and, and more power to the golf course guys. Yeah, being in South Louisiana, you know, syringing greens every day, every weekend. It was with hydraulic irrigation. You could oh. there was never a constant. Like, I'm going to set this irrigation. It's going to come on. Yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. So it's not doesn't not, doesn't always work out that it way. It doesn't always work out, and uh, and and being with me growing up with the Bill Marbert side of thing, I've always been like a, a more dirt guy than a grass guy. Yeah, and so uh, I, I miss the dirt, so I wanted to get yeah. back in the dirt, and then you know come here and wind up. Oh, we don't have dirt. We've got, <laughs> we've got brown artificial dirt. I I do want to talk about that, but it's funny um, the uh, 
you know, you said you played baseball, right? Mm-hmm. That it, it seems to me like those guys who who get in the baseball world, they turn into that that that's their passion is to want to be in the sports turf. Uh, it seems to me like most of the guys who do do baseball want to uh, be sports turf guys, and their passion is like the fields itself. And is that sort sort of what got you started? Is because you saw you mentioned talking about the dirt, yeah. And it's always it it's it kind of goes hand in hand with me. It's like that's kind of like y'all's greens. It seems to me when I talk about it, y'all are passionate about the dirt. It's uh. Well, I mean, it's just the fact that, it you know, growing up playing, I was a middle infielder. So, yeah. you know, now when you learn this side of the business, you're, you know, you're thinking, well, is that bad? Is, you know, this ball's coming. Is that bad hop coming? Yeah. Is it going to stay down? Is it going to do this? Where technology and, and cultural practice and stuff has come such a long way that yeah. that everybody can, I mean, most balls stay down these days. Everything plays like glass. And Growing up in the in the baseball world, that's the thing I looked for was, yeah. you know, this is a smooth infield. This infield's got rocks in it. This infield, you know, it needs to be nail drug. And, you know, and I'm sitting here at 18 years old thinking that. And when I was in junior college, uh, I wasn't good enough to play. I should have never, never gone, but yeah. I was chasing a dream. And uh, so while I was in junior college, I rebuilt our mound and home plate area while I was there because, yeah. I mean, we were just blowing out mounds and batter's boxes. And and so that, that was my – in with all my my teammates was sure. like, hey man, can you fix that over there? I'm having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. So here we go, build, rebuilding the pitcher's mound and home plate and batter's boxes and and uh, that's what kind of got me really started. Was, yeah. Was that side. Talk a little bit about that process of of how that all kind of comes together. Just because one, I don't know, and maybe there's some people out there that what your how, what do you, what do you look for in terms of building those type of high high traffic high profile areas? What is what is that? Um, is there a specific process you go through for doing that? I mean, everybody's got their own ways of yep. doing it, but I mean, when it all boils back down to it, it's everything is, is specked out. So I yeah. mean, you know, high school mounds or college mounds or whatever it is, ten inches above home plate, sixty feet six inches. Yeah. You got your tabletop on your mound and your slope falls an inch per every foot. So. So they basically got to be the same everywhere. Correct, and yeah. I mean, and, and colleges and, and high schools, you know, they're they're not held to the same standards as yeah. MLB guys. They have a crew comes around and inspects with lasers and all that stuff. Sure, but uh, everything it's got a template. Yeah. So you know, just I mean, I don't, golf courses necessarily don't have a template, but I mean, it's you know, most people yeah. distances are similar, green areas are similar, but you can always add contour or yeah. change your mowing height. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a, a little bit of a guideline in terms of you know, specific to greens in terms of how they can be right. constructed, but there's no – I mean, you're not there's you're not going to be told you're doing it wrong if you do it a certain right. way or change it up yeah. or whatever. You just got a sort of a set of guidelines, and everybody's different. So Yeah, I mean, really in sports <laughs> surf world, I mean, even your home plate radius, it can be fiddled with a little bit. Mound yeah. radius is usually the same. Uh, your cutouts are a little bit different around your bases. Back arcs the same. On there's a template for that. Yeah. Really, outfield walls about about as much as you can change in your foul territory. Yeah, and I and I learned talking to Bill that that uh, there's d- specific different types of dirt for all these different areas. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, you've got your you know higher clay content for your heavy traffic areas like yeah. your batter's boxes and pitcher's mounds and infield mixes. There's there's engineered soils now that that people are using. Um, there's just there's there's more and more technology coming out every day with whether it's through calcine clay products you're putting out or a vitrified product that you're using yep. or, or or whatever else so it, it's constantly changing um and people normally pick their their application that suits them the best yeah so talk a little bit about bill you said he was your mentor what what sort of things did you learn the most from him 
I learned uh, just about everything. I mean, it was just a, uh, you know, as a as a kid growing up, you just. I hear up. he's the sports the the what do they call him some some kind of guru. I can't remember how they. I, he's I'm, a dirt guru. Yeah, that, maybe the dirt guru. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah. growing up as a kid. You show up and play. You don't yeah. think about what all goes into the fields and and. Uh, when when Mr. Marbert came around, he was taking care of the little league fields that I was playing on, and mm-hmm. uh, I'd see him out there all the time. And then I'd see him out at Columbia State, uh, working on that ball field all the time. And it just piqued my. I mean, he just, he was just like, you know, do this, do yep. that. This is this is what you're looking for. This is this. This is that. And if you need any help, let me know. And if I have questions, I call him. Or uh, he, I mean, he's the one that landed me at Mississippi State, yeah. and and he, that just launched my career into sports turf. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think from I mean everybody. I, I've I've certainly got my fair share of guys who kind of molded my career, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think those people are important, and I, and I know you're trying to probably you know that's something you want to kind of leave as you go, as you learn, as the, the people that work under you, you want to be a mentor to them. You know, I have yeah. I had guys who went on to be a, you know they were my assistants and maybe went to be golf course superintendents. That's sort of the things that I look back on as some of the things highlights of my career. That's you know that sort of things you try to do here is is you know, I know you might probably have, and we haven't talked about your crew size and things like nope. that yet. But you know, it, it's always trying to teach and and get people to understand what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it, not just tell them to go do something. Right, and that's, I mean, to me, like we talked about earlier, was just relationships are the best part about the turf grass industry that, yeah. that I can think of. So whether it's with another sports turf manager, another golf course superintendent, or you know, all the way down to just another guy on my crew yeah i mean if you can share your knowledge and information and it might not always be the right knowledge or information at the time but then that person can know well you know this is not how i'm going to do it when i get to that level i'm going to do something a little different even that's helpful and so just building a relationship and seeing other guys succeed is is awesome yeah well for sure so how do you uh you you said your wife and all was kind of hometown driven. How do y'all yep. like being in Nashville? Do you do you live here currently? No, I still live in Columbia. I live oh, yeah. uh, about eight minutes down the road from my parents. And you and get so, a haul to come up here, don't you? Well, it, it, <laughs> gas is cheaper than a house in Davidson or Williamson County. Yeah, so. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I make the drive every day. It's nice having grandparents. Our our school got canceled today, so yeah, my wife can run the kids down the road, drop yeah. them off at my parents' house, and and it's great. I got a buddy, Will Norman, down there. Do you know Will? Storm and Norman. Yeah. yeah. yeah so me and Will play some golf together. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, yeah. I've been trying to get him on the podcast, and I've known him I'll for – he worked for me at Brentwood Country Club. Did he really? Yeah. So so Will does just about all the landscaping at my dad's house. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we, we're pretty good buddies. I should have texted him told him you were coming on. <laughs> I, I love – he's a great dude. He I've is. known him for a, good, a long time, and uh, we've actually done some work together, so it's fun. Nice. Yeah, hey, old Columbia connection. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> so um, – You've got some unique challenges here at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and and none of which is that you've I've been, uh, from what I understand, now I don't know all of it, but I, you, y'all have eliminated a lot of turf grass areas. We have. And uh, so uh, talk a little bit about that and the ch- and that how that creates a challenge for you, especially being someone who, you know, enjoys doing the dirt and some of the turf grass stuff. How does that sort of play into your daily? So um, technically there's there's seven employees under my umbrella. Uh-huh. We've got a, I've got two guys that come in. Uh, and work a night shift in our parking garages. We've got one guy on shift during the day in the parking garages, and then uh, the other four guys, we do everything from, uh, you know, trash patrols in the morning, emptying trash cans for shuttle bus parking lots. We mow all the islands, maintain all those. Um, we've got our uh, our soccer field, which is also our lacrosse field. We've got a 
football practice field, our track infield, and three intramural fields, which are all grass. And so, you know, we're responsible for those sides as well as our, our turf, our synthetic turf is a football game field and baseball. We have an indoor facility and we have a, a, a turf um, practice field for yeah. football. So it's a little bit different. I mean, they did take away a lot, um, you know, back in the day. I think uh, crew size was nobody was happy. It was kind of when the big push was coming for everybody to have all these yeah. great facilities and great surfaces and um, you know, Coach Franklin was was adamant about getting turf, and that's what drives a lot of the decisions sure. these days. Are coaches, yeah. and uh, like my buddy over at North Carolina, Casey Carrick. He, I mean, he won National Field of the Year with the STMA, and the next year, Coach Brown shows up, rips that whole field out, and puts in synthetic turf. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's coach's decision. I mean, you know, it's just you pick and choose your battles, and and yeah. that's what you got. What you got. Yeah. My biggest question is, did you get a national championship ring? I did. Yeah. I got it. Uh, I should have worn it today, but uh, that yeah, would have been impressive. It's sitting on my dresser at the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got it. Uh, they actually, uh, I was very fortunate. I worked just about every baseball game. Sure. And so, uh, I, after we won the super regional, I just walked over to the dugout, said, "You know, coach, congratulations." He said, "See you in Omaha." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, I'm not going to Omaha. I can't afford plane tickets and be away from work that that long." Lo and behold, man, they they got me out there, put me up. Yep. I mean, I was basically a part of the team for a while, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, I, I imagine that's real cool to be a part of something like that. I t talk about a little bit about how seeing that team and and what what you sort of goes in uh, and uh, around sort of being that you know Vanderbilt's a in terms of baseball they're you know they're a, a top tier school. Yeah, and uh, you know you I mean the field is pretty much all synthetic and every bit of it is is the mound the is, mound is brown synthetic turf yeah. and all the dirt is brown synthetic yeah. turf so what what goes into prepping the field and you know you've got the national championship or what is it been a couple of years now or was it last year last year, last year. National yeah championship. so um you got the season coming up I mean, talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the preparation and all that goes into that because that's that's a unique setup yeah so um if, i mean if anybody watched any of the baseball season last year you'll see us on tv during the super regional we had water standing on the field yeah. we we're out there with trash pumps trying to suck it off because <laughs> our uh, our base failed and so this year we went through a complete renovation ripped out the base installed new rock uh, new turf, so it's a brand new field this year. Hopefully, yeah. we won't have those problems. Um, but Coach Corbin, uh, he's a he's a unique guy and a wonderful guy to have around. Um, I first met him, I guess, through Bill Marbit. Yeah, going down to the SEC baseball tournament, and uh, Bill introduced me to to Coach Corbin and my dad. And then um, first day on the job, I walk over to his office trying to meet all the coaches, and he said, I remember you. He said, you and your dad worked at the SEC baseball tournament. That's awesome. And so, I mean, he, he never forgets a thing. Yeah. And so he's a unique in a way that um, we'll do the bigger jobs, but, I mean, each player is assigned a job after practice where they go out and they add their own their rubber to the mounds and the batter's boxes. Um, you know, they're, they're brooming stuff around bases, standing fibers back up. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're cleaning dugouts. So – it's not, it's not a national championship baseball team. It truly is a national championship team full of guys. Yeah. I mean, they do whatever it takes to, yeah. to get to where they are. Well, that's what makes it important. I mean, that, I mean, just like every successful team or business, you know, you got to have the everybody buy into the process and, and how that all works is, is top down. You know, leadership, Coach mm -hmm. Corbin, making sure that his guys respect what they're doing. They all have a hand in it. And I can only imagine just from hearing you saying it. That's that's the culture, and and th that 
not only is a great thing to do, but it's why they're successful and right. why they win. And 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 he's asked for my input on you know hey what do we what do these guys need to do? Yep. I want them to do something. Just if they're going to do it, I want them to do it right. Yeah. Um, and I will we'll do the grooming and that kind of stuff. But yeah. as far as the day to day maintenance of a field, those guys do a fantastic job and help us out a lot. So what what goes what what what's involved with the grooming and, and that sort of stuff? Well, I mean, there's a couple of different processes. You can just your normal maintenance groom is is basically a greens groomer. Yeah. Um, it's the green broom just like with a the brush blue, with the blue brushes yep. and you groom it back and forth, just trying to level all the rubber out, knock any fibers down, you yeah. know, stand fibers up. Um, you can do a deeper deep clean yeah. or they bring in a special machine and and kind of sift the infield, get all the debris out, and it goes right back down. Yeah. Uh, there's, you mean, there's all kinds of different processes with decompactions and it's come a long way. Um, do you but, ever have any seam issues or anything oh, like yeah, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do, we'll do seam repairs if we yeah. can in house. Yeah. If not, uh, we've got a local company in town that's fantastic and yeah. they do, uh, and you know, Theo and, and Corey, they, they'll, they'll come in, fix anything up we need them to and get out of here in a hurry. Yeah. Do you have, how... So what's the longevity of say the, the the synthetic? Does it have to be replaced often, or do y'all replace it? You have a plan for that? Or? Uh, so this year we replaced it. We were uh, going. We were on year seven, getting ready to head into year eight. Yeah. And so, um, you know, normal I guess synthetic turf longevity. You're looking at probably if you do it right, you can get ten years out of it. Yeah. But you know, college atmosphere coaches they're wanting the newest and best yeah. all the time. So college my nfl guys they might rotate a field every year yeah and so it just depends on your situation and, and how you maintain it i mean it's not maintenance free as everybody knows yeah. or as most people should know there's stuff you got to do to it yeah. um but do you in, spray it for anything oh we have before we uh disinfectant spray. yeah we, we can do a disinfectant one of the one of the big scares a while back was MRSA. yeah um but Believe it or not, it's it's more on the indoor side than it is the outdoor side. Outdoor gets the UV light and and yeah. sun and rain. It it can flush stuff out. Whereas sure. the indoor facility is just kind of stagnant sitting yeah. there. So we'll treat our indoor facility every now and then. Uh, some guys spray fra uh, fabric softener, yeah. get rid of the static electricity. Um, that's about it as far yeah. as spraying stuff. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, from do you talk to the players much? You know, some guys I'm sure probably come from high schools that mm -hmm. never played on synthetic. Uh, how does the adjustment? How, do you ever get any feedback? And yeah, from some them? some guys love it, some guys hate it. I yeah. mean, uh, it, to me, um, it would be hard because baseball's in, unique. I'm, I, and I don't is. mean to stop you because football, you know, high schools are putting it in. They're doing a lot of you know, guys mm -hmm. playing football might be used to coming here and playing on it and not yeah. be different. But baseball, that's I, I mean, how many other fields have? 100% synthetic. I mean, uh, it's probably a little more than I would realize, but I mean, I'm not sure the total number. But I mean, there's there's little pockets everywhere. Yeah. Like there's a there's a facility down in Georgia that right outside of Atlanta, they've got I don't know how many. It's a, I think it's a perfect game facility. They have all kinds of synthetic turf field yeah. because they're just rolling in tournaments left sure. and right, left and right, and they're not having to flip stuff. But I mean, I grew up playing on dirt and grass. Yeah, I, I love playing baseball on dirt and grass. It's weird seeing a guy slide not coming up with. You know, dirt on his pants. Uh, some players love it. Uh, some players hate it. Just a lot of things it can do, it can't do. Um, I mean, it'll speed up the game a lot. Coach Corbin's notorious for loving a, a fast field. I mean, he wants the ball to get there and get out of their hands as fast as he can because that's, that's quicker they can get a guy out sure. of first base. Yeah. Um, but it, I think for me, I mean, I wasn't a pitcher, but it, it would have to be an, an adjustment coming from a dirt mound yeah. into basically throwing on carpet. Yeah. 
Because I wonder how how that translates over from playing at home games to going on the road and having to play right. on a completely different field. I know they go through a warm-up and practice and all that. And They do. I mean, and, and we've got our pitching lab where we've got synthetic mounds down there, but we've also got dirt mounds that I get to play in from time to time. Yeah. And, um, we keep those. Like, they're going on the road. They might throw on the dirt mounds. Yeah. Um, they're – they're they're athletes and they're top level athletes, so sure. they're they're good at making adjustments yeah. to what they need to do. Guys are close to the big leagues here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> got a few that. Uh, and that's the cool thing about baseball yeah. is I mean we've got big league guys coming out. They're all they're all getting ready. If they haven't already left, they're on their way for spring training. But yeah. I mean you get the guys like David Price's and Sonny Gray's and even guys that didn't even play their college ball here. Yeah. They'll come back here to work out. I mean it's an open facility to to these guys that. Corbin's just trying to grow the game of baseball and keep it alive. They have their own locker rooms. Yeah. So it, it, it's pretty cool to see that. Well, that's awesome. Talk a little bit about um, how you maintain all this with your staff sizing, what you, you know, you, you know you mentioned you have seven guys mm-hmm. and kind of what they do, but go a little bit more into that and, you know, kind of what your, yeah. what a daily, you know, what a day, lo- a normal day looks like for you. Yeah. So a uh, normal day, if there is such one, um, yeah. I mean, I've around <laughs> here with all this rain, my gosh. Yeah, we've got. So, do you have a weather station here? Oh, we or, do have a weather station on top of our football yeah. stadium. Um, but a normal day for us, it, it can be, that's the beauty of it. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, whether it's like right now we're doing track, lacrosse season's getting ready to fire up. Um, we have spring soccer practice coming around the corner, football spring practice around the corner. Yep. Um, they all start into February. And so um, today we're setting up indoor track. We might, you know, a normal day could be go out and get everything mowed, and then we got to line something, trying to work around all these practices. Um, we're a landlocked university, so there's really not a whole lot of room to build more facilities yeah. other than, you know, maybe put one on top of a parking garage yeah. or something around here. But uh, practice space is limited, so unfortunately a lot of our practices happen on game surfaces. Um, but then that is another reason for synthetic turf. Sure. But uh, it, it's – I mean, everybody, all the sports surf managers fight the same battles. Yeah. Um, we talk to each other all the time. We, our SEC bunch, we have a group text message, and we're always texting, bouncing yeah. ideas off each other. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, and that's the relationship side of it. Yeah. And it's good to have. I'm working my way through the SEC. I've, I've been to Knoxville and talked to Darren. Yeah. Now getting to you, I, I, I'm i going to probably have trouble getting the rest of the guys in there. No, and for most, for most people that – You've probably known uh, or listened to the podcast mm-hmm. and heard that I'm an Alabama fan, so that didn't come by. I was born there, and yeah. so but I would love to. Uh, you know, got to get around to all of yeah, them eventually. Well, I can introduce you to John. <laughs> it, the funny thing is, we have our SEC turf managers meeting is in Nashville this year. So oh, sweet! Everybody's coming here. We do a facilities tour and get together, talk about issues. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, maybe you can swing over and, and well, I, introduce you to I guys. would love to do that. If you uh, keep them in mind, I'd yeah. at least come over and meet them and, uh, you know, network with them and uh, maybe uh, set some stuff up with them. Absolutely. Because I'd, um, you know, be a, it's always, you know, doing this podcast like we talked about in the beginning before we started recording. It's about building the relationships. It's about learning about you guys, about, uh, you know, promoting people that in our industry that don't necessarily get all the publicity, you know, right. only, only stick out when bad things happen, especially in golf. And I'm, <laughs> I know it's the same way with you. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of uh, getting to know everybody and talking to them. And that's the thing that I've enjoyed the most about it and uh, seems to be the best feedback. I'm yeah. Getting. And that's one thing that I think um, sports turf guys were trying to work on golf courses, the, the superintendents, they do a lot better job of promoting themselves and, 
I mean, you they look the part. You know, yeah. they look like a like they mean business. You know, a lot of times you run to a sports turf guy, we got paint all over us because we're out there painting a field yeah. or, or 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 whatever. But um, we're we're working, trying to work on that, looking a little more professional and and trying to look the part like a golf course superintendents yeah. do. They do a good job with their conferences and and we're getting better. Uh, we're always getting better. And you go back to the relationships is there's five of us right now in the SEC. Uh, we're all Mississippi State grads, and we all worked for with each other at one point. So the guy at Ole Miss, the guy at Mississippi State, myself, University of Florida, and Tennessee, we're all Mississippi State yeah. guys. So it's it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, and that's the way it is, you know, in in the golf industry, guys. You you get the impression that most people don't talk to each other because, mm-hmm. you know, um, you might you know I, I don't have time or this or right. that. But that's not the case. It's, it's a lot of guys are pulling for each other and always willing to pick up the phone and talk and that's good to hear on the sports turf side because you all are dealing with so many different things yeah. and so many different variables but you got to have that camaraderie. You got to build those relationships and that's the only way you learn and get better is to is to talk about things yeah. and and especially the guys are dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Well, especially just in the greater Nashville area with how many fields and teams that we have here. I mean yeah. whether it's Adam over at the new Nashville uh, the soccer team, whether it's Terry over at the Titans or or John down at City of Franklin or Connor down at Williamson County or John over at Innsworth. I yep. mean, we all communicate, and it's a pretty tight-knit community. We do stuff together, hang out. It's fun. Yeah, yeah you, and, you know, um, the more I get to talk to you guys, the more – I'm impressed by you know you know because like you like you mentioned you know golf course guys kind of kind of look the way and in golf it's yeah. a, it's a lot more I use the word politics but mm-hmm. you know you're just you're constantly talking to members or right. customers you're in front of them you're a little bit more visual mm-hmm. visual uh, and and you know they're always constantly you know somebody's always right there willing to ask you a question or something oh no doubt you guys are you know a lot of you guys are highly hands-on and mm-hmm. you have to be doing things and you're not coming across people and maybe you come across a coach here or there but you know they're they're doing the same thing and so uh you know the perception of what you guys do and how you do it uh, I, I love the fact you guys are you know trying to keep you know let's make this a little bit better a little bit more professionalized and and let's give everybody a, a sense of what we're doing and, and it's important to the overall success yeah, of everything absolutely yeah I mean, just i mean somebody's got to get the super bowl field ready you know yeah. somebody's got to get pga events ready yep. i mean i mean we're both doing the same thing at a high level yeah. it's just you know it's, it's just different ways of people see golf course superintendents during play well most of most college games happen at night or you know they don't see a turf grass manager yeah. and so it's it's good in the golf course sense too where you got your some members that are going to be pissed, but yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are appreciative when they see you out there at six, seven o'clock in the evening. You know, you got guys hand watering greens. They at least it shows you care. Yeah. Well, you're never going to please everybody. <laughs> oh no. We're not in this business to please everybody. No. That's for sure. It's impossible. Well, so we talked a little bit about baseball. Talk a little bit about game days and football. And is there any sort of differences, or is it, is a lot of it similar in ways? I mean, it, it is a little bit similar. Um, I mean, like, you know, we, our, our game field is synthetic turf, so sure. most people probably think, well, we don't do anything. Well, you know, they'll find other stuff for you. Sure. I mean, oh, whether yeah. it's moving traffic barricades or putting up flags around the stadium or, or doing this, you know, going up to suite levels and helping them out raise blinds. I mean, there's always something to do. And uh, we do trash patrol during games. Yeah. Uh, there, there's always something to be done that we can do, whether, whether it's grass-related or not. I mean – so for people that don't know, in Vanderbilt University, and a lot of people do know where it is, but it's in the right in the middle of Nashville. It's not oh, yeah. downtown per se, but 
it might as well be. Yeah. I mean, and, and so you've got a lot of unique challenges, not, not only with, you know, it's a lot of concrete, a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of buildings. Um, it gets probably a lot of heat down a here, heat. a lot of traffic, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot of, of different trash. things, you know, a lot of stuff. So yeah. that, that all keeps you pretty hopping. And are you responsible for the entire campus wide, you know, the, the, the sort of the common areas and all that stuff? Is so, that uh, I mean, our crew helps out uh, sure. when needed. Uh, the big things that we do, like right now, the landscape side, um, those guys are out planting trees and shrubs and if for some reason we have to cut down a tree or something we try to plant two more yeah i mean we're, we're a very green campus um we try to be like all of our athletic facilities we're environmentally certified through the sports surf managers association um we try to be as green as we can um in our everything we do whether it's fertilizers yeah. or or chemicals or whatever we're spraying um the challenges come to with you know if we got an event downtown yeah a lot of times you can come a little bit further up west end you can find a hotel you know a couple bucks cheaper so we get a lot of foot traffic through campus sure uh whether it's the bars that are right down in midtown which vanderbilt owns a lot of the property down through there so we have to go over there and pick up trash yeah. all the beer cans and stuff kids leave over at night <laughs> um, they don't do that no no not at all um but you know i mean it, there's always a challenge with like my four guys that we have they're great um they do what they can, but a lot of people don't know either is um, all of our employees are union. So, okay. um, I mean, there's, there's their own challenges with that. Yeah. Um, a lot of, some of the other, I don't say a lot, but, you know, there's there's a handful of guys in the sports surf world who have union crews. And, yeah. And we know we do what we can. Now, how do, now I'm only going to ask this because I don't. Yeah. Vanderbilt is considered a private university. It is. Correct. How does the union play into that? Um. Not real sure how they got in. You yeah. know, it, I mean, it's been here for years. Okay. Um, it's something that I knew coming into the job. Yeah. I've never worked with one, but, I mean, these, these guys are good. Sure. I mean, <clears throat> they're not going to. you have a lot of guys who've been here a while? Yeah, so um, Jose, he's he's uh, he's the main guy. Um, he's our highest pay grade person on here. Um, he's been here, I think, 27 years. Okay. And so he's our most tenured on, on the sports turf side sure. now. Now my boss Danny over at uh on the he's the campus grounds manager. I think he's working on his forty second year. Yeah. So I mean he's been here basically since he was eighteen years yeah. old and never left. Huh. Um so I mean it's a good place to work. Guys yeah. get in, don't want to leave, good benefits. Yeah. Um I mean, Vanderbilt goes a long way to make sure they keep you around. Yeah. Now I didn't know Bill Randalls. Is he still around or is he retired? Bill is um Bill retired. Yeah. Um Bill was the same position I am now. Okay. He retired, I guess it was five years ago. Did you um, get to work for him? I didn't. Okay. Um when he retired, this, this job came open, uh, okay, so I applied gotcha. and, and this is Bill's old job. I got you. Um but Bill, uh last I talked to, he was teaching a pesticide class where you know, yep. training guys to get their license. Um and I think he's just enjoying retirement. Sure. I think he's one of the guys that <laughs> would be when, when you retire, yeah. you retire, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You got to do stuff that say, keeps you busy. But yeah. other than that, just kind of hang out. He does. And, I mean, as I said, it's been a while since I've talked to him. It's probably yeah. my fault. But I need to get back over there and check up on him, see how he's doing. Yeah. So let's let's circle back to sort of a typical day because you you got so much stuff going on. Like like we're in, was it mid-February right mm -hmm. now? It's kind of rainy. What would be some of the things that you, I know you've got to track stuff and you've yep. always got little things like that. Mm -hmm. You've got to, but, but in order to keep, I mean, you've got a ton of stuff to do. What do you, what do you, 
like what's a daily thing for you to do as far as okay we need to get these things do you get somebody that tells you this do you make a an action list how are the how are those types of thoughts uh, going through just communication with coaches and yep. stuff trying to figure out you know and most of them once once school gets in session it's a pretty steady schedule of, gotcha. of you know most of our kids are or their classes are at a certain time so we practice either in the morning or the afternoon yep. so depending on you know what sports are going on we get out and take care of those fields, get them mowed, get them lined. Yeah. Um, any spraying we have to do. Um, we don't have a whole lot of equipment. The equipment we do have is older. Sure. So um, we fight those battles. Yeah. But, I mean, if we can get them mowed and lined, we use a, a pretty stringent growth regulator program. Gotcha. Um, just to, for maintenance and, and staffing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we switched up some grasses here and there. We, we um, was three years ago we uh, – did a soccer renovation. Uh, it was 419. Just about everything is 419. Right. Um, except for that one. We ripped it out, went back in with Latitude 36. Okay. Um, it was the thought process behind it was it's a dual-use field where mm -hmm. in the spring, um, like right now it's lacrosse season, so they'll play on it. In summer it's camps all day, every day, and in the fall soccer plays on yeah. it. So it's it's a practice field, it's a game field, it's a camp field. Um, we're – They've asked us now since sports have gotten so big, every day is a recruiting day. Whether it's scheduled or not, kid right. walks on the campus, it's recruiting. Yep. And so um, they don't want to spray out our ryegrass anymore. And so we switched this year from a perennial rye over to an intermediate Italian rye just mm -hmm. to try to make maintenance easier where we can check it out faster, drop a mowing height, backing off on water a little bit. Yep. Um, and so we're, this is going to be a uh, – this is a test year for us. We've got three fields in that. We've got some uh, trying out some blue muta over on one of the intramural fields, a little yeah. bluegrass Bermuda mix, and then kept two perennial rye fields. Right. So we're gonna. It's always a test. Sure. We're always experimenting. How much does the the actual turf grass take your uh, you know your attention away from everything? Do you? I mean, is that is that something that is uh, in, from in, in a percentage of what you do? Do you have a certain percentage of time that you have to actually deal with the living stuff? <laughs> I mean, I, that's my main concern is the living stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the plastic stuff it it, it keeps itself alive. Yeah, I mean, it's just a couple of maintenance practices. But I mean, it, this has been a weird winter already. Yeah. With it, you know, being 60s and 70s, and then dropping down with tonight's low, I think it's 19 degrees. So. Oof. Um, I'm not complaining. We need it. I don't know how weeds and bugs are going to be this year, but yeah. uh, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, grass. The majority of our of our practices and, and games, I would say, take place on grass. Yeah. So I mean, they're the ones you have to keep safe, keep mowed, keep lined, keep watered in the summer when it's hot. Yep. Um, it's a, That's where I like to be, and that's where I want to be. So yeah. I try to keep the grass. I try to do most of my work on grass sure. and and the synthetic turf i mean it for somewhat it takes care of itself yeah, a little bit somewhat it's you're not worried kinda, about trying right. to keep a living organism alive you don't got to get out there and mow it if you've had eight right, weeks of right rain. <laughs> right and so like like you know the past weeks we've had you know our some of our fields are a little wet they're older yeah. but you can go out on any of the synthetic fields we got right now and go yeah. practice no big deal and i imagine this is just my guess because i typically think that this is the the driving force behind synthetics is is it it becomes a matter of it the weather doesn't dictate when I can get on it exactly and in whether it's a, a you know whether it's a situation where I need the space mm -hmm. I need to be able to practice I can't create another field I don't have a right. lot of multi-purpose fields 
this is my own, this is the best option. It may not be I'm the I'm in favor of it or it may not be something I'm super excited about, but it's the option that we got to go with because it's really the the one that it's not going to I'm going to get the most amount of efficiency out of it. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, Corbin's not having to pull guys out of class, go pull a tarp yep. for, on, on clay. Um, we're not having to, you know, we got a recruit coming in. We're not relying on four guys to go completely paint a game field in the dead of winter, yeah. end zones and everything. I mean, it's it's there. So they yeah. put them up in Marriott across the town or, or across the stadium, and they get to look out. There's a green field. It's got lines painted. It's got logos down there. I mean, yep. it, it's there. And so I mean, it snowed, what, a couple of days ago, and – it was melted by noon. Off they went. Had practice. Yeah, sure. So it's 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 an ease of, it's an ease of use thing for them. Right. They can do what they want to when they want to. Yeah. Um, and I mean synthetic turf does have a place in in the sports turf yeah. world. I mean, you know, most of us we're grass guys and dirt guys. We want that's what we want to do. And yeah. I mean, but you, it's just like weather. You know, you can't control every variable of this industry. Yeah. So you get what you get and you do what you can with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you know, I think the biggest thing you got here is is there's just not a lot of room you're not going you're not built you're not building another practice field so you can guys can practice on grass or right you just land is too expensive you don't you don't have the rooms they would rather build apartments or you know whatever yeah we go tall and skinnies every day around here you'd lose fields before you're gonna gain probably so and i mean it's 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 just that it's the nature of the beast of where we are i mean we're in a thriving city we're landlocked um you know we have the medical center right next door and they're not going anywhere so uh like you said, I mean, we, if if it's not a paved surface around here, there's a, there's a street next to it or a, or a park we can't touch. So, yep. it is what it is. I, I feel you there. <laughs> I certainly feel you there. So I'm curious about painting on the synthetic uh-huh. because I, I I love paint. I love talking about the idea of painting. I, I, I'm intrigued about how fields are striped and all that. I think it's a cool process, but. How is it different on the synthetic side? Do you do you paint the synthetic? Is it, is we it a, do. Is it in the stitching, or what is that? Oh, it's both. Um, yeah. So our football game field and practice fields, um, well, all of our synthetic turf, it, it's all inlaid. I mean, okay. it, it's there. Yeah. But you do have special events that come in, and and uh, we have to line a field. or Like in our indoor facility right now, we've got lacrosse laid out on a football field. So luckily that paint, um, you can go out, put it out, and you can take it off. So, uh, like this, uh, there's, I want to say maybe it's the Saints. I uh, should know this. I'm a Saints fan. But uh, a lot of a lot of places just put down a blank green canvas. Uh-huh. And so, if they have, if they want football, they can go paint a football field. Or if they want some other event, they can go paint whatever sports out there, and they can take it right back up. Yeah. And so, you you can paint. You do paint. Um, luckily, chemistry's come a long enough way where it's pretty readily, easily removable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just another part of sports turf managers that you have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, and you and, and I guess the thing from a fan's perspective, I see, you know, I'll watch a uh, a bowl game. Let's mm-hmm. just pick a bowl game on TV, and it won't be the you know it'll be at a stadium where it hosts the uh, NFL team or yeah. whatever, and the end zones are all painted and it looks like it's always been there. I, I I'm always like, how what's going on there? How they do that? Man, it's it's it can be done a couple different ways. Like, I mean, Terry's would be a really good one to talk to because yeah. he's got the Music City Bowl and the Titans. Yeah. Well, I see he paints his, but I'm talking mm-hmm. more like on the synthetic side. Oh, so uh, like the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, do they do they completely put a new tur- they turf do. down? They do. Um, so the Cowboys, um, we went for our STMA conference. We were over there. I think it was three years ago, and we took a tour. Yeah. Of the stadium. Well, when you go into the belly of the beast, 
and they've got all the college's turf colors and stuff from years past where they can it's velcroed in they can rip the whole end zone out the 50 yard line logo out and and put in whatever team it is whatever bowl logo it is it, it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah i get i mean that that's always you know you you, you never get to see the behind the scenes of how mm -hmm. something gets put together and you're like how do they do that? And, they, and sometimes it's a very quick turnaround. I mean, it might be right. a week or less or sometimes even a couple of days, yeah. you know, and, and I'm just amazed at how on the synthetic side that, you know, if you can paint it, can you remove it? All that stuff, that's just all fresh and new to me. Yeah, you I, can. I mean, some people paint and remove. Some people yeah. like the Cowboys, I guess, have enough money where they just lay it out there and rip it out and put it in storage for well, the next Somebody time. else is paying for it, I <laughs> bet you. <laughs> I would imagine. But, yeah, they do have enough money to do yeah, that for sure. Do. So what other unique challenges in, in, uh, that you find here that maybe some of your other colleagues don't have? Do you got anything that sort of stands out uh, outside of the normal? Well, I'm trying like even even something like lacrosse. Yep. I mean, there's only two schools in the SEC that play lacrosse. And that's so us. that's an actual SEC it, it team? It is not. Um, it, it's, a, it's a sanctioned event, okay. but we're not yeah. in the SEC. Yeah. So in, the, in, in lacrosse, we play uh, – we were in the Big East, and now we are in the AAC. So okay. Um, us in Florida, we play each other every year. Uh, we're the only two SEC teams that, that do it, or SEC schools, but yep. we're in the ACC and lacrosse. Yep. And we have, you know, we have swim teams we don't really do anything with. Um, it's, it's normal challenges. Um, I mean, we, we're we're all SEC schools with SEC facilities, and yep. we're doing the same thing. Um, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. Yeah, I don't mean I. I feel lucky in some ways that I don't have as much on my plate as people like Darren up at UT or, or the other SEC guys. Yeah. Where, you know, the grass fields they got a recruit coming in. Let's do a full paint job and everything. Yeah. So uh, he, we talked at length about that. How he, it's a constant year-end thing. You it know, is. you got a major recruit coming in. You got to have the field looking like it's supposed to yeah. look like on Sun on Saturdays. Where they call me and say we got yep. a recruit coming in. So well, fields out there. You know, end zones yeah. are already painted. It, sure, it's, it's all good. Yeah. How many SEC schools? I should know this. I probably could mm -hmm. think of it. How many SEC schools are synthetic? Just y'all? Um, as far as their game field, football. I'm talking specifically yeah, football. Football. Their 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 stadium. Yeah. Um, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to go through a map here, Missouri. Um, I believe Arkansas was, but I think they're ripping theirs out and going back to grass. Yeah, I heard that. Yep. Um, Ole Miss, maybe? Ole Miss is grass. Is um, it real? It was real? synthetic turf when I was there. Okay. But uh, they ripped it out, put in grass, Mississippi State's grass, um, LSU's grass. Um, I think y'all might be the only one. Lone Wolf. Us, Missouri. I'm trying to think. Of, I should know this. Kentucky? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can't think. I mean, I'm, I, I ask this purely because I, I'm, I'm. I think there's three. Yeah, maybe Kentucky. I think it's, I, three. I think it's Kentucky, Missouri, yeah. and us. Yeah, and that would make sense. You know, they're, you know, kind of a northern school, and mm -hmm. weather could be an issue. And yeah. and you guys here, obviously, for purposes, I would, mm -hmm. I, I think we've talked about is uh, makes sense for you guys. Yeah, it does. I mean, just staffing and weather and, and everything yeah. in, in general. It's like I said, it's got its place in sports turf and. Yeah. I found one here at Vanderbilt. Yeah, what's a typical work hour day? You y'all y'all all over the map. I mean, I know you got things ah. that could be going at night and stuff. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, we're typical. Our work day starts at seven. Yeah, and ends at three thirty technically. Yeah. Um, for guys that hit the clock, now for you know people like me, I'm here. I'm usually here around six. Yeah. 
because I got to get up early to beat the traffic. Um, I bet you you do. Yeah, and then usually I leave here about anywhere from four to five, depending on the day, if there's no game going on. But I work all the game, all the athletic events. Yeah. Um, the hardest part about my day is getting home. I mean, national traffic getting south. I is, can only imagine. <laughs> it's not with four forty tore up and yeah. I, I mean, just get on 65 and bite the bullet and yeah. usually turn on a podcast. Listen like to making and, the turn. And, and head on home. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so we haven't talked a little bit, a lot about the uh, your your fertilizers and chemical side and all that stuff. What? Uh, how much of that takes up your time? Uh, I mean, it's it's we're, like I said, we're, we're trying to bring in some of the, the stuff golf courses have been doing to sports turf, yeah. you know, for uh, for a while. And, you know, kind of getting on the – on maybe a two-week spray program, you know, every two weeks we're rolling out with something, just yeah. kind of doing a, a little spoon feeding here and there, just like golf courses have been doing for years. Yeah. Um, instead of going out old school way, you know, throwing a couple hundred pounds of urea and letting it rip. Yeah. Um, trying to be a little more environmentally responsible. So always just researching new chemical chemistries or, you know, yeah. trying to figure out what works good for us. Um, whether it's slow release fertilizers or something, you know, we need to we need to kick it in the butt and get it going, or yep. a, a foliar app or a soil app, or just it's it's kind of unique how golf and golf and sports turf are, are coming together yeah. slowly but surely. I'm gonna ask this. I hope it's not a stupid question because no, it just came to me. Do you ever get? Do you have to deal with weed issues on the synthetic? Um, mainly just on the edges, like yeah. if it butts up to a grass. I okay. mean, there's a concrete curve. There's not anything that ever would come up just randomly. Uh, well, believe it or not, so like on our football stadium, um, areas where it's compacted, uh, like on the edges where yeah. it, when when we pressure wash the stadium and sure. all the little grit and grime and dirt gets into the edges of the synthetic turf, you'll yeah. get you'll get some goose grass or some poa pop up every now and then. But yeah. it's just there's nothing ever out in the middle. No. I mean, you can see weeds pop up in a parking lot. So oh I yeah, I mean that's the, that's the, that's the hard thing about grass. It yeah. grows where you don't want it to. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's I mean I can only imagine, man. It just seems like the the uh, your job is overwhelming with all the stuff that you could possibly be having to deal with. Oh, I mean it's anything from you know having to strike parking lots to. Yeah. To maintaining a parking garage, to I mean, parking lot islands. We do the intramural stuff, so you know most people are are painting your typical varsity sports. Yeah. We're out here painting. Uh, what's that game in Harry Potter called? Is that Quidditch? Yeah. Yeah, we we painted Quidditch fields. No way. Yeah, cricket. Uh, <laughs> we do all kinds of stuff for intramurals, man. They yeah. come spike ball. They come up with all kinds of games. Oh, I imagine here they probably do. Oh yeah, they they love their they love their games here. And being Nashville, uh, I mean, rentable, usable fields are few and far between. Yeah. So our rec center will they'll rent a field out to a local soccer club that wants to come have a game or yeah. or whatever. I mean, you know, it's we need more sports fields in in Middle Tennessee, but finding the affordable space to build them is yeah. the issue. I was, that's what I was going to say next is I wondered if you got into a situation where. You're having things kind of off season, people coming in to do things, whether it be on your intramural fields or wherever. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, usually during the summer, um, we'll usually you know, with uh, the European teams playing over downtown at Nissan. Well, they come here, but where do they practice? Yeah. And so sometimes they get to practice on the game field, but a lot of times, like we've had Man City come practice at our soccer facility. That's cool. Uh, I think this coming year, I think we have Chelsea yeah. coming. Um, we do an international team just about every year. Last year it was Jamaica. We've had, I think, Mexico. Um, and they'll bounce around to different college facilities. You know, whoever's yeah. got a field available is where they can go. Yeah. So 
whether we play a high school game before our football season starts, we play a high school game in the football stadium. Yeah. Um, there's always something somebody wants to use it. Yeah. Do you ever go down and help the Titans at all, or is that ever been I don't. a situation? Um, I you know I've talked to Terry a few times, yeah. and and I'd love to. I yeah. mean, it, it's nothing. It's nothing that I haven't you know yeah. thought about. Um, most of the time, I'm. I would think he's got people knocking down his door wanting to help go yeah. paint a field, and and I know he. I mean, everybody likes to do stuff their own way. So, yeah, yeah golf courses. I mean, you know, we got a tournament rolling in town. Everybody's you know bringing equipment, and you know I'm going to mow fairways and all this stuff. So. Um, Golf would, courses are unique in that way. I've had a chance to volunteer at several big tournaments mm-hmm. and different things. And, you know, you've seen, you know, you've obviously heard the big ones like the major advanced right. masters. They, they get hundreds of volunteers oh, with yeah. massive amounts of equipment. That's not real life. No, it's not. I mean, that's they're making, you know, the golf course itself is manicured to the, there's nothing out of place. I mean, technically there's lots of stuff that's oh, yeah. out of place. But, um, you know, they get so many people doing mm-hmm. so much, it's just, it's just unbelievable, yeah. and, it, and you know, I, I I don't suspect that's how things go for you guys. <laughs> no, and that was one of the cool things. Like when I was down in in Louisiana, we used to host the NGA event every year. Uh-huh. Um, so we would, you know, we'd be out there at three o'clock in the morning, getting ahead of the guys. But when then a lot of times too, we'd also volunteer, head over to uh, TPC yep. and work the Zurich Classic. And so I mean, oh you know, yeah, you might have. You might have superintendents mowing fairways that want to volunteer their time, or you might have superintendents just pulling a buffalo or blower around fairways and cart paths, blowing yeah. stuff off, like you said, just to make sure everything is looking good. When, yeah. when TPC shows up and, you know, they bring their agronomy team, the USGA, they tell you when you can water and where you can water and all this good stuff. So yeah. with Terry, he, he he gets a little bit of that freedom where it's his field, he gets to do what he wants. Yeah. I, I That, you know – in the golf world, we, you know, you have these agronomists at these, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you host a tournament, USGA, you've heard of all these, the PGA mm-hmm. Tour, they have their own sort of set of standards. Oh, and, yeah. they, and, you know, and it's a misnomer a little bit that they come in and just take over. They don't really do that. I mean, a lot of these golf courses that they're using are, are I mean, you could play a tournament on them. Yeah. That day, mm-hmm. I mean, the membership's getting a pretty, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of little things that they do in order to make it tournament worthy right. for the pro the the best guys in the world and i'm assuming that's the way with you guys but you know um one of the things that i that i was learning that i learned about the sports turf is is that you always got you guys got to have reg- regulations we you do. know different uh, i was thinking i was talking to john about um field um the firmness of mm-hmm. it you know some of the different things they look for and whether it's a stip you know he's a high school but whether right. it's a stipulation do you is that some of the things you get to deal with from like the sec level do they have things that they sort of so the sec will mandate some yeah. things um i think this uh this year we they want to do two field testings per year yep. and that's just based off surface hardness concussion sure. protocol all that good yeah. stuff um so we do testing just have some scientific data back us up in case something does happen yeah. um i mean like i said though a, a football field is a football field no matter yeah. where you go really the only liberty you have or you might could change up some your 50 yard line logo your end zones and your border yeah i mean your hashes are your hashes and yard lines are yard yeah. lines um soccer is the same way you know you can play with your dimensions a little bit on sure. soccer and lacrosse stretch yeah. it out a little bit but you don't get a whole lot of freedom as far as no. i mean ncaa regulates the the downs and distances and everything else. Yeah, do you have a crown on the football field? Is it any? Is it? Or it's is it, a small slot. It's a yeah, small. It's, 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 I think it's a one percent. It's nothing. It's nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing yeah. crazy. Because it's. I mean, it's, it's basically a rug sitting on top of gravel. So yeah. it's going to drain. <laughs> 
And how long does that turf need to be replaced anytime soon? So that turf got installed the same year the baseball field got installed, okay. which was 2011, I believe. Yeah. So, um, and y'all, y'all didn't do that in house, did you? No. Um, so we have, I mean, baseball is an AstroTurf product, and everything else on campus is Shaw. Gotcha. And uh, we we have to outsource those big construction projects. Sure. I mean, simply, we don't have the time, money, and, and materials to do it. But. Sure. Speaking of projects, what are, you know, we talked a little bit before about mm-hmm. you having an irrigation project. What are some of the projects that you have that are sort of on the horizon? Talk about what you got yeah. going on right um, now. I mean, we definitely got to look at doing football sometime soon. Yeah. Um, Doing an irrigation switch out right now, getting rid of some some big Nelson can water cannons and putting in some in ground. Sure. Um, maybe do a little soccer field renovation, or the, not the soccer field, the track field renovation because it's kind of turned into a, just a regular old track and field has now turned into a practice facility for whichever team is not on our soccer lacrosse field. Yeah, um, it's just simple maintenance stuff, um, projects. You know, little phrase mowing here and there. Yep. Um, maybe do some some type of injection, whether it's a calcine clay or sand, into some fields to help with our drainage. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, it's all money driven. So we'll see who's sure. got some money. I got the ideas. I just need the money. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> do y'all do all the cultural practices, airification, all that, or do you outsource? No, we um, we'll do some. Yep. Um, we've got we've got an old air fire. Um, just the time and labor it takes to to pull cores and the and the mess it makes having sure. to sweep cores and all that stuff we leave the coreification in the, in the heavy stuff um lynn ray does a lot of it yep um he does a lot of our airification a lot of our top dressing um he'll even help us spray when our spray rig goes down yeah, which is yeah. quite often yeah um so we took our uh our old air fire and we've kind of made it a solid time machine where it's still usable but it's yeah. not making a mess gotcha and so it's a lot easier to head out you know we could solid time day of a game nobody's really gonna know right um but yeah, it, it, we try to do as much as we can in house. Unfortunately, we can't do everything. Well, I certainly understand that budgets and limitations, yeah. personnel and things like that, always make yeah. things a challenge. I mean, Whether you're a golf course, football field, baseball, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everybody's got them. Yep. You just do what you can. Yep. So you mentioned, um, I don't know if we mentioned earlier uh, before we talked, but you're um, you're involved with the Tennessee Turf Grass Association. Uh, talk a little bit about that and what you're doing with them and how you how you sort of got drug into that. Uh, I don't um, say that as a bad thing because <laughs> I love them. But. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I think um, Theo, I think he was president of TTA at the time. He was like, hey, would you be interested in serving on a board? And I was like, man, I'll do whatever's necessary yep. You know, keep turf grass going. And so um wound up going to TTA events, conference, and uh, made it onto the board and uh, somehow wound up this year. Everybody had to move up, so we had a vacancy open and got nominated for secretary treasurer. And so, with Doug Ward being the new president and Chris Sykes being the new VP, yep, um, anything to keep sports turf relevant, we'll do it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I appreciate your service with them. Tennessee Turf Grass is a great organization. I've been involved with them for a long time, and um, you know, I think uh, continued success in doing that. Maybe you'll be president one day. Oh, maybe. Well, I guess I have to be now since yeah, secretary treasurer. Yeah, so I mean, maybe you're a on few the, years. You're, you're on the way up. Yeah, maybe a few years down the road. And yep. TTA is a great. Uh, it's a great organization. They do a lot for yep. a lot of people. Um, and a lot of that, to me, goes back to the academia part. With sure. when I went to Mississippi State, Tennessee had a turf grass program, but it wasn't anything like it is now. And the the leaps and bounds that those guys have made. Yep. And at UT is phenomenal. Yeah. And I bounce ideas off Brosnan and all those guys all the time. And yeah. they're they're a good asset to have. 
Um, um, also, we do a uh, we do a little bit with uh, TVS TMA. Yeah, I'm on that board as well, and so uh, there's always something something yep. going on. It's interesting, fun, keeps me on my toes. Yeah, I mean, those are those. I I certainly got involved when I was you know in it. I still am involved, I, you know, and I think it's important that. It uh, not only kind of gives you some sense of how everybody else is doing, but kind of mm-hmm. gives you an idea of the future of the industry and some of the things right. that you're going through and what, what you need to do uh, to kind of continue, like with the uh, continuing education, some of the speakers, some of the things that are relevant yeah. to our, you know, what we're doing. Because not only is information changing, technology is changing, there's just so many things mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Tennessee Turfgrass, the conference, it's it the way they do things is is has come a long way, but it's been the help of the guys at University of Tennessee at Knoxville that have really, you know, they've been a huge supporter yeah. of this podcast, and they're a huge, you know, they've it it's a credit to them for what they've done for our it association. Is. And the good thing about TTA as well to me is, I mean, yeah, you've got your your golf conference and your sports surf conference, but but TTA you get to see the the landscape guys come in. Yep. they might ask something, they might learn a little bit of knowledge, yep. or they might share some of their knowledge. Yep. Um, you got the you got all the chemical guys that are there. You've got sod producers that are there. I mean, it's it's truly is a turf grass association instead of a sports turf or a golf course or, sure. or whatever it is. It's it's kind of cool seeing everybody come together and and talk about the same thing. Well, absolutely. I hate that we didn't get to run into each other this year. I was they had me. Uh, I saw you over at the trade yeah, show booth, but I think you had Mr. Marbert over there talking. Yeah, I was talking to him. I got a few people to stop by and. It went by like a whirlwind, yeah. you know. So, but I'm I'm excited to be a part of it, and the future looks pretty cool. For yeah, me. we're growing every year, man. It's uh, yep. it's it's cool to have. Hopefully, get some cool talks. Um, a lot of cool people come in, stop by. Yep. Um, I mean, I say cool. If you know, my wife <laughs> turfgrass isn't cool to my wife, but uh, it you know, I'm a turfgrass nerd, yeah. so it's cool to me. Yep. Now, what does she do? Mental health. So you got, you get counseled at home? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually she she can't wait for me to get home just yeah. to not have to deal with it. I got it. you. And so I mean, mental health significantly underfunded in this in yeah. this world, and so she's the one out trying to get people food or get their medications or gotcha. get them on disability or, or whatever it is. And yeah, she's a uh, she's a lot better person than I am because oh, yeah. uh, it takes a special person to do that. And, yep. and I mean, she rocks it. So yeah. doesn't make a dime really, but. She rocks it. What is that she a passion does. of hers, or does she work with a um, an organization? It's a, I mean, it's a nonprofit. It's, I mean, they get some subsidies here and there, sure. but I mean, they have to do all the grant paperwork and all that stuff. And yeah. she's a soldier, no doubt. No doubt. Well, talk a little bit about your personal life. What do you like to do for fun? What are some? I mean, you obviously got kids and yeah. family, so that keeps you busy once you're not here. But what what else do you got going? Uh, I mean, I got a five year old and a three year old. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm the. Uh, Little league coach and yeah. soccer coach, and I don't know anything about soccer, but I mean, if nobody else is going to coach, I'll do sure. it. So, anything to get kids out of the house and, and playing. Yep. Um, daughter does a little dance here and there, so she's gotten into the ballet at three. Now it's not really ballet; it's more <laughs> of a organized chaos out I hear here. You. Um, so I, I do what I can with the kids, and I like to fish. Yeah. Um, used to hunt, but it kind of ran into overseed season, so. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. I don't like cold weather enough to duck hunt. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I got a kayak and I kayak fish most of the summer. Yeah. So when I, when I got time, hang around with friends. Yeah. Pretty simple, boring life. Well, it doesn't sound simple or boring. It sounds like you, you got a lot going, and and um, you know, um, the with the amount of stuff you got going on here and then at home. I mean that that keeps that keeps any normal person going uh, in a 
uh, hundred miles an hour. Yeah, so. I, well, I've always my I've your downtime is sitting in traffic. It is, <laughs> and so um, I mean, my philosophy is I'd rather be going a hundred miles an hour than zero. Yeah. So I mean, when you stop moving, bad stuff happens. Yeah. Well, if I could give you a little bit of advice, don't blink because. I have a 19, 20, and 24-year-old, and it goes by fast. Yeah, I'm dreading those days. And, uh, you know, college and cars and, you know, th- <laughs> those are those are as, those are as unique and, and difficult of challenges and conversations as trying to get some, uh, someone to eat. Yeah. I, <laughs> and get ready for school. I, I try so. to look. I mean, I'm the sappy dad, so yeah. I, I get emotional pretty easy with when you see stuff with kids. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's it's unfortunate the fact that uh, on my wife's side of the family, our niece, uh, she's been battling cancer for two years at St. Jude. So mm. we get down there and just for my kids to see that, get yep. involved. They know what's going on. Yep. Uh, but any time that there's a reason to celebrate, we celebrate. Yep. Uh, we uh, <laughs> the kids they go down there and they 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 know what they don't know because they just treat her like any sure. anybody else. And, sure. But then you get to see the fact that you know getting on to the kids it makes makes me kind of hurt inside a little bit. You I don't want to you don't want to get them down like my son threw a fifth the other day and got to get on to them, stay firm. But it is what it is. It hopefully, is. The, hopefully they grow up, be good individuals, uh, be much better man than I am, and women. But uh, that's my life is more of my kids than anything. Yeah. So, well, don't lose that focus, man. They, you know. The kids are a special. I know mine are to me, and and you know, however they turn out, they typically, you know, if you do the things right, they'll they'll be good kids. Yeah, and surround them with good people. Yeah. And I got a good, got a good group of people around me, yeah. so they're going to help raise my kids just as much as I am. That's a that's a uh, a life lesson in itself <laughs> to surround yourself with great people because um, those are the people that you can't do it alone. No, I mean I'm nobody special. I mean yeah. I just. I like I like the camaraderie and and the relationships that I've built over the years, whether it's in turf or yep. something else, and, yep. and uh, just to have a good group of people around you and and people that support you and people that'll let you know when you're messing up and sure. it's it's good to have. Yep. What what sort of uh, do you do you ever have? Uh, I'm big into like uh, motivational speakers mm-hmm. and and listening to life coaches and I read yeah. quite a bit and and different things. Is there anything that you sort of has sticks out to you and and uh, that you could pass along to somebody or that that you read or you follow that uh, you just you know kind of like use it as an inspiration and and uh you know kind of keeps you going i don't listen to a whole lot of motivational stuff um not that you have I mean, to i'm just yeah uh i mean it's we just i mean it's the mentors in the turf grass industry yeah. if you know if there's a article that they publish or um, a podcast they do I'll get on and listen or, yeah. or try to read something that that makes the job easier and and then when you when you're reading that kind of stuff it might make your life a little bit easier too yeah. they might share something like a lot of people didn't know about John Klinsman at, at Innsworth like yeah. you said and he got on the bo- podcast shared his story yep. um, a lot of people didn't know that side of it um, maybe that'll help some people like you said the, the podcast might help some people sure um, there's you know we we try to go to church on Sundays and yeah and involve my parents and her parents as much as we can and just the wisdom of your elders and yeah for sure you know see what people are doing and not doing and just try to be a decent human being and it yep. doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot of energy or time to be a decent human being no so, no that's um, that's good advice it's a lot easier to 
get through life with some help than it is to make everybody else not want to help you in yep. life. So just try to wake up every morning and be a decent human being and, you know, be as friendly as I can to people because you never know when they're going to turn around and need you. So yep. hopefully anybody that listens to this, I mean, hopefully they can know they can call me and Absolutely. I'll talk or listen to whatever they want. I might not know anything about it, but at least you can get it off your chest. <laughs> Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share or that uh, that uh, maybe comes, you know, that you wanted to talk about that I that I failed to ask in our in our time? No, man, I think we we covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, seems to go along the lines of everybody else. We're all in this turf world just trying yep. to make a living. Yep. Well, the idea is, you know, like I said, and I've, and I've kind of hit this point home is, is that I use this platform to kind of get to know people and mm-hmm. really get to know people more than I would know them just – on a surface level. Right. And, um, you know, people like yourself who open the doors to allow me to do this, I really hope that you got as much out of it as I do oh, yeah, because enjoy I enjoy it. sitting down, just chatting. It's a short amount of time, but um, this will live on forever. Mm-hmm. People will enjoy hearing your story, some of the things you've been through. And I know you, you'll probably go back and say, I left out this or I didn't talk about that because <laughs> it's just hard to kind of do all that. But yeah. uh, I want you to know that I appreciate you, you know, opening your office up and, yeah, and inviting me over and uh, doing this. And, um, you know, it, uh, if anything I can do for you, always uh, let me know. Absolutely. I mean, it, you, I think you're on the right track, whether it's a, you know, a, a chemical vendor or, or fertilizers or sports turf or yeah. golf or landscape or whoever. I mean, we're all here for the, you know, we all got to grow grass and, and make a little money doing it. For so, sure. uh, you know, whether it's my biggest thing, I guess would be answer the phone sometimes because, you know, you never know who that next next phone call is going to be and build a relationship with. Yep. So, you know, I know it's tough for, for turf managers to be like, you know, chemical company calling or somebody calling wanting their foot in the door, but you never know what that will lead to. Yep. So, I mean, I've made some of my best friendships over cold calls. And uh, you don't have to buy everything from everybody. Yeah. But you can build a relationship with people. Yeah. You never know when you're going to need them. Yeah. So I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to listening to more of Making the Turn podcast. Absolutely. Well, we're here to stay. We're, you know, my – past the year one year mark so i'm yeah. excited about the future and some of the cool things i've got going down the road and and uh I'm, 2020 is going to be pretty cool yeah. so well, maybe we can get you in over here at the sec meetings and maybe most, we can get you out of state most definitely i would love to do that so yeah. keep me in mind and we'll uh, do. how do are you on any social media yeah i'm on uh I'm on facebook twitter instagram i don't yeah. i don't really check uh instagram that much yeah. but twitter is kind of my business platform i guess you say i follow yeah. it for the turf side of things and I use Facebook to keep up with all the old friends, new friends, yeah. people's yeah. kids, whatever they're doing. Well, tell everybody your Twitter handle so they can follow you. My Twitter handle's at Ryan Story. It's my last name's got an E in it, so yeah. it's S T O R E Y. Yeah. And Facebook is just me, Ryan Story. Yep. So I'm out there. If you want to reach out, if you don't feel like calling, <laughs> uh, you're not going to find his office very no, easily. No, uh, yeah, we're we're <laughs> not really. Uh, you don't get anybody walking over here saying, where's Ryan's office? No, nah, if you've been here, you've been here before. Yeah, so, no doubt. So uh, everybody has to call me, how do you get to your office? Well, yeah. i got to walk in. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting, challenging its own, just having to mobilize everything across campus. I hear you. Everybody has their issues. We're just here to talk about them. For sure. Well, Ryan, man, thank you for uh, doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, best of luck this year. Uh Come, uh, I'm sure I'll see you around in some TTA stuff oh, yeah, and all that sure. stuff. But uh, like I said, if anything I can do for you, um, just don't hesitate yeah. to call me. And I look forward to maybe doing that SEC thing. It'll yeah, man, we'll do. The door's always yeah. open. So if you need me, call me. Cool. We'll walk around, do whatever. Awesome. Well, um, follow him at 
Ryan Story on Twitter. That's S T O R E Y. And uh, y'all uh, check him out. Uh, he's going to be uh, doing some things over here at Vanderbilt and uh, got a great campus. Uh, really cool to be a part of uh, talking with him and enjoyed it. Thank you for your time, Ryan. And until next time, guys, I will talk to you soon. Thank you.